Hey everybody, this is AJ, and this is the Unnecessary Podcast. This is uh, Tash Sultana we're listening to, we can lower that. Not sure how good Tash was coming through on the, the pod audio, but this is AJ and we got Lee. What's up, Lee? How's it going? Lee, have you ever heard of Tash Sultana? Yeah, I saw that first video that she put on like YouTube or Facebook and it got real big, got like 50 million views of her, I think just busking in the street, playing, doing mm-hmm. like looping and stuff. Well, it makes sense that you would know Tash because you're a musician and they loop instruments and uh, it's, it's part of Tash's whole deal. So very cool. Yeah, I find out about new stuff strictly through like um, those videos that get a, like I don't I don't really search out new music anymore, but I mm-hmm. see it in periphery coming in. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, because you're in the industry, new music is probably coming to you all the time, and uh, you don't need to go out and branch out. There's so much good music, you know, right in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking with Eva and uh, my cousin um, Liam, who's 14 years old, about about music, the music we like to listen to. And, and specifically we're talking about supporting female artists. And I was telling Eva, like, I don't think, like I get bothered that Umphreys McGee always has male openers. Um, and we've talked about this before, but I was telling Eva, I don't think that Umphreys McGee looks at, they don't, they, they look at diversity in terms of musical genres and they don't look at diversity in terms of like your race or your gender. They, they're, they're not, discriminating in that way so um they just don't think of it but we were having an interesting conversation anyway not to ramble but well can, can um, i make one one comment on that yes yeah is that um for a band like them they probably when they book an opener i would say probably 85 percent of the decision is made by how big you are in the area because it's usually like a local opener um unless they're like having the same band tour with them around. But if it's a local mm-hmm. opener, it, it's pretty much all determined by how big your draw is, how many people, how many fans you have, how many people you can get to come out. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that when we book for the festival, we go by, well, you know, we're, we're obviously looking for great quality artists, but when we go for headliners and stuff, we're looking at who draws the most, who's the biggest in the area. And regardless if it's a group with females or males or any mm-hmm. combination, um, that is, that's not even on the radar for us anyway. So I can't imagine that yeah. they would look at a band and say, uh, yeah, like this is a girl band. Like, no, nah, we're not really interested. Like if there was a female fronted or, or all female band that mm-hmm. they were in a local area and they were drawing huge amounts of people, like, you know, 50 to a hundred people, that's a good amount for a local band to draw out. You get like mm-hmm. 200, like you're a pretty big local act. Yeah. Um, think about how much it takes for you to get up off your ass and go out to see a show. You know what I mean? Like for me, like oh, it's totally. gotta be, yeah. Yeah. So to get 300 people to do that in one area, that's a ton of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And so, and when I go to free shows, I go to red rocks cause I'm lucky enough to live here, but I will frequently sit next to people who say like, I'm only here for the opener and it's five white dudes from Ohio or whatever. And, um, and I'm, I'm usually talking to women or I'm half the time talking to women about this. Um, and so, yeah, there is the, the financial component and Umphreys is trying to sell out Red Rocks three nights in a row. 
Ooh. And so they really are trying to get like thousands of, they're trying to pack the seats yeah. um, because they don't sell out all three nights. Um, they come close, mm. but um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely. It's got to sting a little bit. Got to sting just a little bit for a band of their like <laughs> size and popularity. Like, damn it. Like we didn't sell it out. Like, come on. I guess. Yeah. But the thing is, I think that there are female, when you're that big, um, there are female bands that will draw a crowd. Um, there's not, there's not many people who think like Eva who only go to see female musicians as like a, a stand as like trying to change the culture, but there are, you know, good female bands that people will go see. Um, and also mm -hmm. does Umphreys really need those extra two or 3000 people that are coming out to see these all, um, these all male bands. And like, I understand this is capitalism, but how, how rich and successful do you need to be? And at a certain point, yeah, you're, you're no longer um, just thinking like a business person. You're thinking like a civil rights activist. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it might, it will make you, and, and that's the thing. I think doing the right, like being a civil rights activist usually means you make less money. Um, so it's a fine line. It's, and, and, and that's, I was telling Liam, like when you get old enough, like you get to decide how good of a person you want to be. And sometimes the situation doesn't allow you to make the perfect moral decision. Um, but being cognizant of it and trying to get in the right direction and doing what you can when you can, um, you know, having the, the right intention is a lot of morality. I don't think it's all of it, but, you know, being cognizant of it. So next time you, uh, you, you know, always be on the lookout for I'm yeah, sure you do. I, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a smaller number. Mm -hmm. Um of female musicians, especially in the long run, when you're looking at bands that have been around for like 10 plus years, like that's mm -hmm. hard for anybody. Um, yeah. Well, this could be a part this, you could make this a marketing pitch. You could make this part of your thing. You are, you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're a music promoter. So you could promote these women and say like, come here, the women rock on Friday night at three's the bowl. And, yeah. um, and we, have, like, we have a solid amount of uh, female artists. That play out, so. And so, yeah, so you could do that and be like different and, a lot of times marketing is just about creating a new conversation, you know, and it's interesting. Yeah, so many people haven't heard about, and then you get that civil rights aspect and I don't know, man, you could, you could maybe uh, make it, you know, come see the chicks rock on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a legitimately good idea. I'm glad, I'm glad we talked about it then. Cause I didn't yeah, think yeah. of that. I like, I, like I didn't think of it as being, yeah, it could totally be a positive. It doesn't necessarily have to be, yeah. you know, something, something. It's that, always good to reposture yourself reposture yourself and feature different things. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I wanted to play Tash Sultana uh, because I was uh, with my, my friends on the East coast and um, I have a lot of political conversations and debates with this one friend and he loves music and he, and I, one of the things I love about him is he loves female musicians and he doesn't really like make a big thing out of it. He just loves chicks who rock. I think it's because he, was a teenager in the early nineties. Um, there's a lot of like alternative chicks who rocked. Um, yeah. so he just likes the sound and, um, and he likes good music. He likes indie music. He likes new music. So he was like, Oh, have you heard of this person who loops their music? And I'm like, Tash Sultana. And they were like, yes, that's it. We love that. We love her. We've seen her shows. And I was like, Tash is great. Um, but actually Tash is, uh, queer by gender and prefers the gender neutral pronoun they rather than her 
And mm-hmm. I, I think she might have been born a girl. But regardless, you know, you call her, you call Tash they, and um, not a big deal. She's, you know, Tash is awesome. Tash is a rocker. Doesn't yeah. matter what, what they are. And my friend, Matt, immediately was like, oh, well, I don't agree with that. And, like, I'm never going to fucking call her that. And he had this, like, visceral um, adverse reaction to – and I, I said it just like that. I was like, well, actually, Tash is like this. And, and it's a common, you know, it happens. And he was so averse to it. And he took offense and he was like being defensive. And so is his wife. Um, and, and after debating them for a long time, they were like, well, we just don't know if he's, if Tash is just being some egotistical artist asshole or if they legitimately have a problem. And um, I thought it was ridiculous because they like this person's music. They think they're talented. Who gives a fuck? Um, I told my friend, I was like, you're probably the dude in the fifties who wouldn't stop saying the N word. And he was like, I probably would have been. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah yeah he he is uh there is a, a bit of self-awareness but he thinks i've like completely lost my mind because he he goes like dude i'm telling you man you're losing your mind like I, you're going crazy because and part of the evidence is that like i'm comfortable calling somebody a name that they prefer <laughs> it's like yeah he's like all worked up and i'm like and I was like, well, who's being the egotistical one here? Like, isn't, maybe it's a little bit of projection um, that you're, you're so averse to this person wanting to use a certain word. Uh, right. Maybe it's your ego that's, that's, you know, they're accusing Tash of what they're doing, which is being tied to words so tightly that in like social structures. I don't know. Anyway, it was interesting. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. At one point, their kid, Matt's stepson and, and his wife's son, um, came down, and, and this kid is nine or ten. And I was like, Ash, mm-hmm. and, and, and they were like, oh, Ashton, we don't, need to, we don't need to, like, bother you with this. And I was like, no, 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 we're, we're going to bother him with this. I was like, Ashton, yeah. um, we were talking about this person, Tash, because they, they were getting heated, and, and they didn't like how their son was seeing them get angry. And I was like, yeah. Ashton, no, you can, you can take part in this adult debate. And I was like this, I explained this person, Tash was born into a girl's body, but um, they didn't feel like that was the, the body that they were supposed to be born in. Um, but actually this person doesn't feel like they're a girl or a boy. They feel like there's something else, something different, something kind of in between almost. And he was like, okay. And, and I was like, and this person, and, he, and you could see the gears grinding in his head. He was like, they're not a girl, but they're not a boy. He's like, okay. And and I was like, you know how you feel like you're a boy. You've always felt like a boy. You feel really comfortable in your own skin. He's like, yeah. I'm like, me too. And I'm like, this person has felt lost in their own skin their, their whole life. And they've re- they figured it out. And they just want to be called not he or she, but they. And he was like, okay, sounds good. Totally. He's like, can I go back to playing games now? <laughs> and I was <laughs> yeah. like, thank you so much. And I was so proud of him. Um, and, and then the, his parents kept chirping up and, this kid actually said, like, Mom, I actually think I, I understand this more than you do. <laughs> and I think it's because he's less socialized. And, like, when you're young, you're taught things. Yeah, and it's like, flowing. okay, like, I have no experience with the world. Like, okay, so somebody can be not a girl or a boy. Fine. Like, it was cool. Yeah. So that was during my holiday season. How was your holiday season, sir? I feel like it went by pretty quick. 
I think it goes by quicker when you don't have cable because you don't see all the commercials, you know, every <laughs> five seconds. Oh, you're right, because it'll start in like October and. Yeah, yeah, and then I don't, I don't uh, listen to the radio, mm-hmm. so I don't hear the commercials on the radio. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm like dodging it like fucking Jackie Chan. That's <laughs> a luxury of of 2018 now 2019. I feel like that was a big trope back in the day, like. Uh, Christmas music starting so early and, and, I, and the holidays last so long. Nowadays, I, I was the same way as you. I didn't listen to holiday music until the week of Christmas. Yeah. Well, I got, a, I got the crash course when I roomed with Jack. Did he listen to a lot of Christmas music? Uh, I left for class one day and came back, you know, five hours later. And the entire room was decorated in Christmas lights and stockings. And there was Christmas music blasting. You could hear it from the front door. And just lights everywhere and everything's covered in glitter. And I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> um, dude, I've heard from multiple people that our friend Jack is a huge asshole. And not that he just has a huge asshole because it might be a gaping one, but, but he <laughs> is one. Have you heard this, these stories? I'm sure you've heard at least one. Um, from Danny. Yeah, we're going to air some dirty. We're airing that's, some laundry here. That's the, classic, uh, that's the classic Jack story. Right. So... Let's we can review it here on the pod. It's I think this is like C minus content we can get into. Is it fair game. <laughs> it's C minus content and it is fair game. It's public we domain. Can get, we can get Danny to call in and have him on, like, come up <laughs> on the try. No, Danny, what, what do you think about this situation? Dude, we can totally have Danny join. This this <laughs> podcast sponsored by Zoom, by the way. Well, check check. We're expecting in the mail any day now from Zoom. Any day. Any sponsor. Year now. So anyway, um, Oh, Eva hates my circular thinking, how my thoughts just come out all at once. She's a linear thinker, mm. so she hates how I go on tangents like this. Anyway, mm. Jack is an asshole, volume one, because <laughs> um, you know the story, but we'll recap it quickly. Danny uh, was once a single young man, and like all single young men, he was the most single young men like I did. He was online dating, and I think he was on J-Date, and Jack did some like covert ops investigating to like i don't know why jack came across danny's jday profile you can connect the dots there jack likes circumcised penises and 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 dudes in the closet that's that's what i'm drawing from this conclusion jack fucks dudes in the closet who are circumcised um hence jday so he found manny's sorry danny's profile and he took a screenshot or whatever and posted on facebook and like made fun of them and then like all these like annoying, um, stupid people that we know from college started like just shitting on Danny and bashing him, which is weird because everyone wants to get laid and everyone's online. That was in the early days of Facebook and online dating and all that. This was like circa 2008. You know what I mean? This is so 10 was years there more ago. of a stigma? It was just le- less, it was less open. Like that was before Tinder. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. a year after the iPhone first came out. So it was just a different landscape. It was like shameful to like <laughs> online date. You're so right. Right. It was like classifieds almost. Yeah. Hey, you're in Colorado right now, right? Or personal ads, personal ads. Um, yeah, we're, I'm in Colorado. Yeah, me too. <laughs> little smoke break. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess in 2008 and way back in that day, online dating, there was a stigma around. That makes sense because – after a while, there was like phase one was there was a stigma and it was lame and you didn't you weren't proud of it. Phase two is people were like, no, actually, I met somebody and I actually got married. 
and then phase three was the swipe right generation. Tinder. Hey, yeah. we can fuck anybody? Right. Uh, yeah, and they're like, and they're, uh, yeah, and that I think broke down the barrier where it's like, where did you guys start fucking on? Oh, we started fucking on okay. Where did you guys fuck, meet, and fuck from? Like, it's, it's totally fine. I feel like <laughs> I can make point. fucking online easier. All right, let's check this out here. Dude, it really has made, because right before online dating, like when we were, like right after college or in college, yeah, like meeting somebody at a bar was, the hokey, like, oh, I got to meet somebody at a bar, you know, because we didn't go to church. But we're not going to heaven or anything. So, so anyway, uh, Jack's an asshole. And then the other thing was Jack didn't apologize to Danny for posting his J-Date profile on Facebook circa 2008. So the not apologizing was really the no remorse, the sociopathic no remorse. Now, Jack told me that he apologized multiple times. Um, because when you, when you guys were all in my wedding party, um, I was t- I was texting with him and he said something about him being and I had no idea about this. He said something about him being in a in a fight with Danny and they haven't spoken like a couple of years. And then he told me what happened. It was OK Cupid that he posted the profile, Jack said. Um, but he was like, yeah, I've, I've apologized so many times. I don't know what else I can say. And I was like, well, wedding's coming up. You got it. And then everything was fine, I guess. I, I didn't really hear anything about it. Okay, so <laughs> this is so great. I love these these stories. I feel like um, I'm at the bottom of the trash can. Because <laughs> I, put, put, I put down my, my phone screen. For the pod <laughs> listeners, I put down my, uh, my camera. <clears throat> so Danny, there, Danny may have mentioned that Jack, like, apologized, but I think it was, like, an incredibly, like, shitty Jack apology. I think it was like, right. I'm sorry, oh, right. I'm sorry, you know, like technically I'm sorry you said I'm sorry. It. Like, like, I'm sorry, giving him the middle finger, like <laughs> while he's doing it um, and being like, I'm sorry you were such a baby and thought this wasn't <laughs> yeah. funny. I th- I'm sorry you thought this super hilarious thing wasn't funny. Like, I'm sure it was that like the, the bitchiest uh, apology ever. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm a team Danny because, and then also I think at the wedding, Jack pulled another, like, you're not still mad at me, are you? And um, <laughs> I, I think Jack did what, what like you would do hopefully like when you were younger in that, when you recognize that you're wrong, you either double down or you try to sweep it under the rug. Like, ah, it wasn't a big deal. We're just palling around when like, yeah. Eh, somebody's feelings were hurt and like you have to be an adult and be like listen i'm sorry i i don't want to make you feel like shit i shouldn't have done that like you know you gotta yeah, be like when adult. you actually when you accidentally make your friend cry on the playground in elementary school and you're like no it's it's fine you're fine right. Everything's yeah, we were, yeah yeah you asked me we to fucking punch you in the face yeah yeah no the Play game it, was punchy punchy cryy and i won <laughs> you can't you can't make a punch come on no, totally. Yeah, that's that's what you would. Yeah, the denial and projection kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that might. So, do you want to hear Jackson asshole part volume two? Sure. Um, the the asshole inning. So, by the way, I have I like Jack's always been nice to me, and I love I love Natan. Um, his, I lived with him for like other. two years. Yeah, they're great. Oh, right. Um, but. So Jack was going to live in Dewey Beach, Delaware for a summer during college with uh, Shriner, our other fraternity brother. I met and me and Danny visited them down there. 
Okay, so Jack yeah. ended up flaking out at the last minute and, and left Shriner on the hook for like $2,000 or $2,500 of, of rent fees. Really? Yeah, um, the whole thing was Shriner um, being much older said, I will cover your rent up front because you have to pay up front for these summer sublets uh, in the beach house. And you will work at the restaurant with all of us and you'll make tons of money. And so you, I know you're good for it. So I'll float your rent. You just have to give me your word you're coming. And literally told him like every day, like, like daily, he was telling him he was coming until like the day he was supposed to come. Um, but he told John, he told Shriner, like, I'm on my way. And he never came. And it was like a super immature move where he just like <laughs> totally bailed. Like I get what Jack, Jack, what happened with Jack was some other summer thing came up and he couldn't go down there. And it probably yeah. came up two weeks before he was supposed to go down and he um, procrastinated and ignored it. He like was in denial for two weeks, I'm sure. Like, and then didn't tell John until the day he was supposed to arrive. So it was too late at that point because Shriner said like multiple people asked him for a place to stay. He could have got yeah. rid of it super easily. He was like literally three days, two days before he could have bailed and it would have been more okay. And he said he literally never got an apology from him. Um, and also I asked John, I was like, John, if Jack gave you like the $2,500 check right now, would, would everything be solid? He's like, oh yeah, everything would be cleared. He's like, I would no longer think he's an asshole. Um, I would think that he was an asshole in the past. What's that? It'd be nice to get a check for 2,500 at any point. Let's get Jack on the line. Jack. Twenty five hundred. <laughs> yeah. Defend yourself. Defend yourself. Jack, you got twenty five hundred on the line. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, I did not know that. So Jackson, the man in your wedding party, is an asshole. But so am I. So. Yep. What a <laughs> conflicted uh, wedding party it was. What a what a twisted web we weave. What a I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Something about spiders. What else? Sir, oh. anything else with the holidays? Holidays, anything? Oh, sorry. Audio and video went out for a second there. Oh. oh so anyway. There you are. Oh, hello. Um, anyway. Oh, hello. I, I got a new uh, home karaoke situation in our condo. Oh. So, nice. so that's nice. Yeah, we were going to do karaoke for New Year's, but there were some medical issues in my family and we had to postpone our, our New Year's party. But but I got some sweet microphones that I bought for the event. And those one of those mics yeah. is hooked up to uh, my speakers. And What kind of mic we, is it? PG58? SM57? No, it's really bad. It's really bad. Okay. Pretty much the cheapest. Um, eventually, I'll get a better one, but this is a good one for starters. And uh, we get on YouTube and there's like a bunch of karaoke songs on YouTube. And so now I told Eva, which she's not agreeing with for some reason, that when we have people over for dinner parties, that they must, they are required to sing, or <laughs> not to sing, they're required to perform one song. Because you don't have to sing. You can do Tom Waits, Lou Reed. There's plenty of cake. You know, there's, there's plenty of um, talking type yeah. songs. You can rap. So anyway, it's a lot of fucking fun. I did. Uh, yeah. I did. It's business time. 
business hours are over. Oh, okay. That was good. Yeah, that's a great one. I wonder if on YouTube they have um, overdubbed karaoke songs of Asian men singing them badly. I just want to play like a whole playlist of that. Oh, well, rift us up where we belong. Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to do, like, I really want to do like foreign versions, foreign language versions of popular American songs. So um, in the Simpsons episode, um, there's a, a comic book store that opens up across the street and the dude sings what's what's new pussycat um the tom jones song in korean it's actually the voice of jack black so it's on young pussycat whoa 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 on young pussycat (laughs) (laughs) but they don't have that on karaoke so yep yeah so any other uh holiday i love accents great um not really. New Year. I always love after New Year's, not only because of uh, tax returns, but also just because, like, I feel like the holiday season is like a trek through, like, snow, like, up a mountain, and then, like, it's over. And then you can just ride the shitty winter out into the glorious summertime. And that's post <laughs> New Year's. It's a really, like, northeast. It's super gray out, and I'm going to hibernate until, until spring. Yep. Mm-hmm. Classic eat, Northeast. Just eat a ton of bagels and hibernate, as I heard a writer describe living in Philly during the holidays. Yeah. He's like, I think I'm 40% bagel at this point. <laughs> well, we're lucky in Colorado. It was 60 degrees and sunny on Sunday, so I went to the park uh, with a friend and a Frisbee. Man, that's crazy. It's yeah. 30, 36 degrees here right now, but this is our last – after the next couple of days, it's dipping down big time, going down to like 15 at night. Oh, Oof. that's cool. That's cool. Uh, by the way, I love when we get into hot weather talk, the hot weather break. Hot weather break. What's your, what's your spicy take on weather? Uh, February, underrated. Ding. <laughs> weather, I hate it. All of it. Uh, <laughs> I like when people... I remember this from Family Guy, like, oh, getting a little bit of weather here. When people say use weather as like just a thing that comes in, we're getting some weather. Yeah, like a talk, and talking point. Yeah. So <laughs> get some weather out here today. I also I appreciate in 2019, um, people in like the the news weather profession defending the importance of still getting your news weather. <laughs> you heard this. <laughs> like no. people are like people say we're a dying breed, but it's really important that you know what the temperature is in Albuquerque tomorrow. <laughs> it's <laughs> like no, it's not. I have phones, dude. I, it's like one swipe to get the, all the weather I need. I don't need yep. your shitty channel. All the, need, all the weather I need, which is not much weather at all. Yeah, like weather on the eights. Oh, great. Fuck you, terrestrial radio. More weather. Like traffic. Here's traffic on a bunch of roads that you're not on. Hmm, thank you. Well, I, well, I'm actually gonna, 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 maybe. You don't Google maybe, traffic. Google well, traffic it. You don't, shit. Is Google traffic really good these days in 2019? Yeah, oh. Google traffic is ultra accurate. I check it every time I go anywhere. Okay, because I'm I, the New Yorker in me still thinks that, like the traffic report, because they do that every 10 minutes, and you know. 
like in New York, you know, it's, it's traffic and weather on the eights. So, you know, you just like, all right, at, at eight, I go to this channel and they give me the dumb weather that I don't care about, but it tells you all the bridge crossings and like it. Cause the I guess that would talks, be more important for a big city. Yeah. The big city. It's nice. And if you're already in your car, um, because like the dude talks so fast, he'll go through like all 12 bridges and tunnels and the 20 major, <laughs> it's just like, Whoa, you just, you just blasted through all that. So, I-43, I-46, I-72, I-14, I-11. I, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> both of our mouths in the, in the, the camera. Yeah. I-11, I-14, close, close, oh, close, God. pretty close. Did you hear about uh, this healthcare? Uh, de Blasio, he wants to give healthcare to every New York uh, City uh, resident for free. <clears throat> That's good. Good for him. De Blas. Yeah, this is all happening like right now. Like he proposed a, a a bill or a measure to give everyone uh, healthcare. Blue wave, bro. Come on, hop on. That would be a, so New York's kind of been having people that's, move out. So now people are going to be flying to move in there. If that's the case, you know. Well, Amazon is coming with all their tax breaks, but yeah, that's a good perk. That's a really nice perk. Um, but I think we stumbled upon the campaign slogan for the 2020 Democrats. The blue wave. Come on, it's a blue wave. Come on. <laughs> Come on, it's a slushy. Come on, hop on. It's a blue wave. Uh, it's a slushy. Come on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you do uh Yeah, like, come on, things aren't going so well, right? Yeah. Come on, blue wave. I think it's a winning slogan. Come on, it's a blue wave. Hop on. Why not? Um, do do you do New Year's resolutions? Uh nope. <laughs> yeah, I used to uh I used to not and then I was like, you know what? I can resolve a couple things. I can get a yeah. couple resolutions out there. Yeah, I um well it coincided with my my 23 and me results and I I put it through Rhonda Patrick's uh data analyzer, so I got some good tips for behavioral modifications I could make to increase my longevity. Hmm. So, um, and also I discovered one of the gyms I'm a member of has a sauna. So one of the things I want to do more of is, um, sauna, like hot therapy and cryotherapy. So do some more hot and cold, get some hormesis going, um, some stress responses. Mm -hmm. So they say the sauna is really good. So I've been doing that appropriate time and temperature, uh, almost every day, every day this week. So that's cool. So that's a resolution. idea. Um, another resolution I had is, or I have, is to eat even less meat. Um, this has been like kind of an ongoing thing for the past two years about. And like a burger, you're just like holding a burger, like, damn it. Eat. Oh, <laughs> right after this bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> well, I, I, um, I have not, I didn't eat meat today and I didn't even notice. And usually like in the past, that would be like, holy fucking shit like you are gonna wither away motherfucker um but i had like tons of nuts and protein and uh you understand what not meat consists of but (laughs) but it's super sustainable um i we uh we saw the stand-up comedian who joked that she's vegan and it's so sustainable that now she just throws her trash directly in the ocean because it's okay because she's vegan (laughs) (laughs) she's like you don't even know how good i am (laughs) yeah Makes sense. But 
but um yeah it's good for the environment so if i just like re so i reduced it maybe by 60 to 80 percent in the last year and going for another i don't know 60 to 80 percent just keep keep lowering it <clears throat> yeah yeah the other resolution i had was to eat more sustainable like foods in general so like i want to i'm trying to cut out almonds um because it's like the least sustainable nut <clears throat> but like i can't quit almond butter i'm trying to so like i might move oh, over to cashew butter, butter. oh so good yeah so God damn is it good yeah so i got that and um there i got a couple more new year's resolutions but who gives a fuck um i'm doing i'm doing this plank challenge uh for the month of january <clears throat> Where you're like building things with lots of different size planks? It's all about planks, bro. No, I'm a pirate. I'm a different pirate. This is my day. favorite two by four. Um, I got this at Lowe's yesterday. Tomorrow we go two by six. So <laughs> yeah. who knows? Crazy. Who knows? <laughs> no, it's uh, today I'm Jack Sparrow. Tomorrow I'm Blackbeard. Yeah, you know, you got to <laughs> I feel like we're at a sleepover party right now. You're like in the closet. I got a robe on. Yeah, you do have a robe on. Your fucking robe Unabomber life. look. You got your your red robe and black life. checkered plaid robe, um, and you got your your oh Art. god, your tank top, which is I presume stained. I can you can only assume <laughs> no, your I tank top. Got a, I just got a new pack uh, a couple of days ago. Ooh, My other ones are all dude. Fresh other powder. ones are all stained. That's the reason I got a new pack because they're all stained. Fresh packs of undies and whiskers on kittens. You know those are my favorite things. Yep. But like you truffle. have the, but you're still unibrow, unibomber rather with the beard. With the, I might yep. bomb you beard. So yeah, you got a good look going on. But anyway, no, the plank challenge to get back to that. My friend on Facebook who lives in Las Vegas, he's like, hey, um, for the month of January, every day, I'm going to plank um, for as long as I can. Just do one session uh, once a day. Um, you know, where your elbows are on the ground and your feet are on the ground and you're in that plank position. And he said, I'm just going to record, I'm going to do a stopwatch and screen share it and share it with all you every day um, for the month of January. And he was like, who wants to join me and see like how we do throughout the month? And I'm like, this seems cool. Like it's something to do. And Carl has always been an inspiration to me because he lost a fuckload of weight a few years ago before I lost a fuckload of weight. And he's totally transformed his life. So like, he's, yeah. I've always told him like, you're such an inspiration. So when he was like, let's do this, I'm like, all right, why not? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I've, I've done it for, uh, we started on January 7th, I think yesterday, but I'm doing that. So yeah. Yay. Planks are great. I like planks. Planks are good. So I also learned from the 23 and me, I have this gene mutation called MTHFR. What does it do? Throw like uh, a third eye. Boy, what here's my other eye. So the long and short of it is, it it doesn't let me absorb folate properly, and therefore it leads to elevated levels of homocysteine in my bloodstream. Um, there's a couple B vitamins that genetically I'm not good at at dealing with that I need, and mm. it's B nine. It's like niacin possibly, and then the B12, and also the the um, folate. And the homocysteine in my bloodstream um, can lead to 
pulmonary embolisms, addictions, fibromyalgia, miscarriages, not that I'm at risk for that, schizophrenia, severe depression, cancer, autism, um, leukemia. There's like a ton of things that this gene mutation causes or, or mm-hmm. leaves, leaves you at ele- far elevated risk for, like a two times you know, risk. You know what percentage of the population has this gene mutation? <clears throat> I don't think a lot. There's a couple of, there's a couple of um, whatchamacallits, a couple of SNPs or, or a couple of alleles that, that um, a couple of mutations on a couple of different alleles um, mean this, this MTHFR. So I don't, I don't know how many people have it. I'm going to look that up. How many people have the MT? There's, there's other stuff. There's one that leaves you like 20 times elevated risk for Alzheimer's, which I don't have, but that's like mm-hmm. part of the value of, of figuring out these things. Um, oh, okay. Uh, 30 to 40% apparently. As many okay. as 40%. <laughs> okay. So a little less than half the population has it. Yeah. Um, 10 to 15% of people who are Caucasian, 25% of Hispanics. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of people. So it leaves you kind of predisposed to that situation. But um, as a result, I get to like, sup- I, you know, they recommended some supplements. And I had, a, I had another, a, a couple gene mutations that make it harder for my vitamin D to be absorbed. So, and I always take vitamin D, but I'm upping that. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy that I have some like behavioral mods I can make. And then the sauna and the cold therapy is another one that they recommended for cleaning out <clears throat> like the dead blood cells or the, the apoptosis or, or whatever, you know, the, the shit that causes cancer. If you fast yeah. and if you do the sauna and if you go running for a long time or you do a lot of weights or whatever, you know, it helps clean out yeah. your system. Yeah. It makes sense. So that's fun. So yay. Yeah, also elevate your legs when you shit. Like, use a squatty potty or something like that so you don't get do you, colon cancer. Do you have one? I have one that I made myself. I'm not paying $25 for a squatty potty. Jesus Christ. Good for you, bro. What am I, a Rockefeller? Yeah, just like a little plastic, like, two-foot-wide little step stool. It's, like, a foot off the ground. And it just, like, puts you in the regular squat position, which straightens out your uh, intestines. Right. And then you shit like it's fucking hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. It severely reduces your chance to get colon cancer. Oh, just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of it. Because it's like the natural position. So when it's not straight, at the end, when you're shitting, your intestines like kind of loop up a little bit if you're just sitting down. So it doesn't can't like get it completely cleared out. It's like a little, a little J shape and shit right. gets stuck down there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, Jay, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, the J shape doesn't sound good. Yeah, so get that uh, counterfeit squatty potty, you'll be good to go. All right, I guess I should. That's a good point. Um, the squatty, the, the counterfeits, the DIY squatty potty. I love that. Um, I so in <clears throat> when you go to foreign countries, like when even I were in Morocco, a lot of the public toilets, most of them in public um have just a hole in the ground and i thought that was out of like poverty lack of resources yeah um but apparently people prefer squatting for that reason the comfort they're used to it they grew up doing it and kyle 
our friend Kyle, who goes to India and his wife's from India, he said like, yeah, his stance or his uh, rather his in-laws house in India mm-hmm. has a convertible essentially like a flip down seat in case you want to sit, but it's like both because yeah. half their family wants to fucking squat out of choice. And I never knew that people chose to do that. Well, when I was a kid, I would squat over the toilet when I took a shit every time. And I remember really? thinking like, it's comfortable to sit down. Like I'd much rather squat, but then I, I literally over the years conditioned myself. Like I, I like got lower and lower over the years until I was finally sitting down and then it was <sighs> over. And then I learned that I was doing it right as a kid and would just conform to like the shitty ways of society. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in that but, um, shitty ways. Yeah. If there's just a hole in the ground, how do you sit there on your phone for half an hour? I don't understand. Yeah, no, I, I do get some good. I catch up on the group chat. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's things to do there. Shit goes in, shit comes out. <laughs> That's right, sir. Um, you ever drink a coffee while you're on the toilet? That's like the <clears> ultimate <throat> form of Western hedonism. No, but I do love drinking something while peeing. I just love yeah. the idea of like, like this field efficient, extremely efficient. I like, yeah, I like imagining that the thing I'm drinking is pissing out in real time. Definitely. In real <laughs> time. Like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's going right through me. Yeah. It's like peeing in the shower. Like I am one with the shower. Oh yes. Peeing in the shower is good. That was a Seinfeld where Costanza at the gym gets caught peeing in the shower and he's like, it's all pipes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a controversy, my friend, being yeah. in the shower. So I, was, I, was actually, I was thinking today, if every single person in the world peed outside mm-hmm. instead of peeing in a toilet, just like if you had to pee, just go outside, go in the bushes and pee. How would our society be different? Like you still shit inside, but mm-hmm. like nobody pees inside. Like pee inside. Like why would you do that? You just go outside. You mean like are, you whip, are we talking like you whip it out on the, in, on the sidewalk? No, no. Like you go to a secluded place like – Maybe it's like separate areas, but it's still like nature. Like you go into like the woods to pee. Like that's just there's what a, you do. There's a country that has outdoor urinals. Um, it might be the UK. Cause like, oh, Paris. They, open air urinals oh, cause man. uproar in Paris. <laughs> there's just some dude pissing against the wall. Um, <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> because they were, people in Paris were tired of people pissing in the street. So they were like, we can't stop you from pissing in the street. So here's like a place <laughs> on the street where you piss. I don't so, agree yeah. with where you piss, but I'll defend to the death your right to pee there. Well, it's like the harm reduction model of pissing, like for heroin, like it's the, the providing clean heroin needles version for pissing. Right. You know, we know that this criminal behavior is going to go on, this, this, uh, this harmful behavior. We just need to like make it as safe as possible for the rest of us. But um, I think, cause I think that there's environmental hazards with just peeing, like it's probably bad for crops or it might, it might affect the water supply that you drink. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not much in the infrastructure um, situation. I watched this awesome, it might've been a Vox or a Vice video on YouTube where this, there's a, a free, it's not a squatter city, but it's like a free city um it's like a camper situation up in the mountains in canada um in western canada and they have like i don't know a few hundred people that live there a couple hundred and they just camp full-time and they grow crops and it's like this collective cooperative situation 
and it's pretty mm. you know it's pretty grimy and the dude who runs it uses his own um excrement and piss as fertilizer to as body wash like, no as fertilizer to grow <laughs> weed and um to grow like all sorts of stuff but um wow. so yeah. he uses shit to grow weed and then smokes the weed which has grown from his own shit that's right he's genius well he was also he was taking the leaves and he was blending them up into a smoothie like it doesn't get you high but it's tons of fiber and he's like no it's really good for you like, all right it's like a hemp smoothie i guess yeah i drink hemp milk every single day yeah that stuff is good for you i yeah. should get back I into that my protein shakes i use it in my coffee I should get back into the hemp, hemp, hemp milk and um, the hemp powder. I used to supplement with hemp powder. Maybe I'll start yeah. doing that again. It's kind hemp of expensive, but, but now with the, the new farm bill and hemp being legalized for industrial yeah. use, it's going to get cheaper. It should, right? It would be nice. It should, in theory. In theory. But, yo, you want to hear uh, – I, I thought of this hypothetical situation uh, the other day, and I've been just thinking about it for days, so I'll, I'll lay it on you here. So imagine there's a guy in a room – Maybe he's a prisoner. You don't know anything about him, but he's not allowed to leave this room. So somebody comes to you and says, I'll pay you $100 million to pick this guy up in a car, drive him to this other room. But as soon as he gets to the other room, he's, he's killed. He's executed. Mm-hmm. But the guy can't leave the first room. Maybe he's in jail. I don't, you, know, you don't know anything about him. So basically, the guy dies in the room over the course of however many years he survives in there. Or you can get paid $100 million to drive him to this other room, but he'll be killed immediately. The only reason that he'll be killed is if you decide to drive him to that room. So that's the, that's right, the okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah totally. I love so this question. Guy, either, the, either the guy like, suffers in the torture of just being in this room, this isolated room forever, until he dies naturally. Or you can pick him up in a car, take him to this other room, and he'll be killed instantly. Wait, do I get and something you get, if he... You get... You get you get a hundred million dollars, let's say. Well, that, yeah, any of money that would be enticing. You know what I mean, dude? I think I'd do it for free. I don't think that solitary confinement is humane. So to me, that's an easy decision. I would drive him to get killed. I think that I think that solitary confinement's inhumane. But um, but what if, if he you, wanted to live? Uh, that's why I was gonna say what would make it hard for me is if like this dude was happy in room yeah. A, like if he got to like. So you don't know life, anything. You don't know anything about. There's no information about him. The only information is that this guy can't leave this room. You don't know if he's happy. You don't know if he's sad. You don't know if he's, if he wants to die, if he wants to live, you basically have to make that decision in your own head. Is he, is he in that room? And then you'll never know if you made the right decision. He can't leave that room, right? Can't leave the room. Yeah, but I know too much about human beings. I'm pretty sure he's unhappy. Maybe. No, he's definitely unhappy. Cause what if he has an Xbox in there? It's not stimulating enough. You need like people, like you need like 150 people. You, you need like open air. Like, you know, never seen the animal at the zoo. It just doesn't work. So you think death is better? Um, well, now, now this is interesting because I've had a near death experience and like people who die. That, this is why super sick people don't kill themselves because yeah, you're right. The, the, the most torturous life seems to be better than no life at all. Um, I don't live a torturous life, so it'd be unfair right. for me to say, but that's what seems to be the case or else people would be committing suicide who are in bad situations. And that's not who commits suicide, you know? So I guess, uh, I guess being tortured is better than 
not experiencing anything at all. But I want the money, so I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> totally. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The money. I am killing yeah, that yeah. son of a bitch. I'm sorry because. Listen, hundred million dollars, and I live with the guilt, and I, uh, I maybe go to hell if that's the thing. But, but I, I would spend. I would like to think I would spend at least ninety percent of that money on on ethical causes. Mm-hmm. Like I'd donate all of it. Yeah. So, um, are you packing a bowl, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm packing a bowl. So yeah, I, I would just I'm I'm really I'm a human being. I'm selfish at the end of the day. This is not the the Buddha nature inside of me is is cringing right now that I'm not like, what? You're not going to just meditate and love everybody? No, I'm going to kill the guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that, uh, what got me thinking about that was the eternal um, self-driving car debate was who does the self-driving car decide to kill if it has to, if there's like a group of like five kids and you're in the car and the car's number one goal is to not kill the driver. So let's right. say you're on a one-way going too fast you can't slip out of the way there's a bunch of kids does the car sacrifice you and crash into a wall or does it run over the five kids Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the eternal self-driving car ethics debate that's hilarious yeah that's uh that's another version of that trolley debate do you kill the one person um i i started watching the good place which talks about all this which is a good show i kill them all no survivors right did you see the good place is that from that? Um, no, no, no. I haven't seen The Good oh, Place. Okay. I was just saying no survivors. No. I'm pretty sure that's in The Good Place. So, yeah, it's about this person who accidentally gets into heaven. It's really funny. Yeah. And then she, like, learns a ton. And she tries to learn about morality. But anyway. Um, yeah, I, uh, the, money, the money is pretty enticing. This sounds like a Black Mirror episode where, like, you have to choose. And then you choose. And the person that gets killed ends up being, like, your mother. No, I, but I love yeah, it. It's like yeah, it's like Saw 8. Saw 8. Choose wisely. I don't know. Maybe I would kill a family member for $100 million. And then you got to ask yourself, like, like, what if, let's say, what if, what if Eva, someone came to Eva and said, if you kill AJ, I'll give you a hundred million dollars and you'll live the rest of your life in, in happiness and luxury, but you have to kill him. What do you do? I love that. And then then what do you say? Yeah, no, 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 not even that. But then she tells you and says, this guy says that he'll give me a hundred million dollars if I kill you. How do you feel about that? I would be like, there's no stipulation where like, if we try to fool him and like fake my death, (laughs) like fake your own death. Yeah. Like throw a pig carcass off off the roof of a building. Yeah, like uh, 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 like I said, no trying to fake me out so you don't get no it. Like he didn't say that. Yeah, this now you both die. Right, 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 right. There's no like loopholes. If there's no loopholes like that, then that's what I would do. I'd be like fake death scenario. Obviously, we hire Jack Black, yeah. kill him, snuff film that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fatten, we, uh, we, we kidnap Vin Diesel, fatten him up, deliver him. I don't look like Vin Diesel anymore because I grew my hair out. Um, find Jerry O'Connor, fatten shave. him up, uh, send him over. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry O'Connell, he just got a royalty check because somebody mentioned his name. Oh, shit. 
All right, checks in the mail, Jerry. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, that's an interesting one. I like the scenario where he comes to both of us and says, like, if you kill the other one, you get a hundred mil. Mm, yeah. So we're like Mr. That's and Mrs. It. Smithing each other. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to kill each other. Um, I saw I saw that movie one of the first times that I was really really high. And I was just, I was laughing so hard because I could just see right through the acting and it seemed so fake because like the script was all just like one-liners between them like not tonight, honey. I'm gonna be late for dinner. You know what I mean? Like the whole movie is like that. So I'm just so high. Yeah. Like I'm 18 years old, just watching that. I'll just always think of that as Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Maybe I okay. Here's what. Here's the result. You try and record him incriminating himself, and then you blackmail him into giving you money. Uh-huh. Okay. Was a I good was dungeon like, master. Well, I was thinking like, how do? If, can I shoot him? Can I? What do I get if I kill him? Like, <laughs> is the, take the money. Yeah. Like, he is, is he? Does he have a bag with it on him? Because I'll just kill him. <laughs> yeah. Like all the money is in this briefcase. Oh, I'll just kill you. Yeah. Like, no, clearly this guy's a dick. Me. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, have I didn't think it through. <laughs> Boom. Dude, we won the game. Won the I did not think this through. That's the answer. The answer is you kill the dude. <laughs> kill the dude. Yeah. Because he's yeah. the one fucking with your life. Like, what? Why are you fucking. That's bullshit, yeah. dude. You're an asshole. Like, I know you're an asshole. <laughs> I could kill you. Yeah. Can't um, kill me. No, but uh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> <Get> it. <laughs> nice. Oh man. Um, well, I was yeah, I was trying to think like, do I go to the cops? No, there was another thought I had with that ridiculous thought experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It started out on the right like, tracks, then it kind of went up. Like, what kind of what kind of monster are you? Why are you doing this? Nobody just <laughs> gave me the money. I didn't get any yeah, attention from fake my- beyond I death. Know. I guess. But I guess like if it came, if we tried to fake my own death and it was like, nope, I caught you, you're still alive. And then if we like tried to blackmail him, he's like, no, that didn't work. Um, I guess I would. I think I'd kill myself. I think I'd go down for a hundred mil. You give it to her. Yeah. Is that crazy? I trust her enough. Like, ah, name everything after me. (laughs) 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 Just name it all after me. Tell everyone I was the fucking man. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that guy was that guy was cool man and then like 2000 years in the future i'm like i'm like i'm like jesus to people which seems cool (laughs) but i'm like the cause of like world wars and like fundamentalism and i'm like no no i just wanted to die for 100 mil like oh i just wanted to blaze well dude i was thinking about i don't know why i was watching a video about the, the kill hitler argument like would you go back in time to kill baby hitler um mm. it was a it was in yet another vox video and they were talking about time travel and how the conception of time travel wasn't really a big thing until i think it was hg wells's time machine or maybe it was aldous huxley I, one of those um yeah. but i was thinking like i guess you would because they talk about the unintended consequences and i'm like well what would the unintended consequences be of killing hitler and i guess it would be like because Hitler taught the world a valuable lesson about fascism. And if we hadn't had learned that lesson in the forties, and if we had to wait until the seventies, there might've been like a super Hitler that came along 
and would have like exterminated like 400 million people instead of 11 million. And so well, I, I, the Soviet Union just would have taken that place. Like, cause they killed hundreds of millions of people in the Soviet Union. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Under like communism and all that stuff there. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, feel not through Germany would have been through neglect, but yeah. 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 And killing all worse, the farmers who like, Right. So imagine something worse than all that. Like, and that's what I was, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that could have been like picture Hitler plus technology. I'm like, all right, that doesn't sound too great. Um, and also I was thinking this when the Cyborg. Charlotte, yeah. And I was also thinking, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mega Hitler sounds scary. <laughs> I was thinking about this during the, the 2017 Charlottesville protests about the Confederate flag that, um, inspired these Nazis to come protest and protect, or the, it was about Confederate um, monuments getting taken down. And um, right. somebody was killed yeah. uh, at the Charlottesville protest by these Nazis, these neo-Nazis. And I, it got me thinking, like, mm -hmm. I think because we are, we are more than 60 years removed from Nazis, these dummies don't remember how awful it was. And like, you and I are smart enough to know that like it was shitty and we were, you have family member, I'm sure. And Eva's family members. And, um, you know, we remember how shitty it was and, and we're not, we're smart enough to read a textbook and like, I can understand how shitty that could be. <laughs> so, um, so mm -hmm. we don't like Nazis like Jordan Peterson. I don't like Nazis. Um, so, <laughs> so like I think them. that like we, we, we didn't, our life's been very comfortable in the U.S. for 40, 50 years, and, like, we haven't had the threat of, I don't know, it's just weird how, I was talking about this with a friend the other day, um, humans or um, living beings in general aren't good at getting better on, uh, without being provoked. Like, we get better due to, as a response, um, in, in response to danger and, like, evolutionarily, um, there's spurts of evolution after huge die-offs or after, like, bottlenecks and huge obstacles to overcome and you get better as a person by having obstacles to overcome you get better as a musician um and so there's this thing where like it's hard to get better just naturally and without without any outside pressure <laughs> it's difficult to do and therefore yeah. we might need another fascist to whip us back into shape enter trump yeah, yeah. And that's also what capital capitalism does just with competition. It's the same principle. Yes. Um, it's like forced conflict. Manufactured yeah, totally. conflict. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Manufactured yeah. conflict. Mm -hmm. So uh, what else is new, Kato? Well, just... Uh, Waiting for the waiting for that winter to come so I can just go like this for the whole time, and then it's spring. <laughs> it's January. Is it still not? Has it not been too freezing there? No, we've had a super mild winter. It was like forty degrees today. It's thirty. It's still thirty six right now. It's almost midnight. Mm. Uh, Eleven twenty, nice. I guess. Hot weather talk. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, mild winter's night. That's still, there are so, small perks to living on a dying planet that's rejecting us, like a host rejects um, a transplant. You know, we do get some nice warm weather in the winter. It's the perk of dying from global warming.
Yeah, it's some nice, uh, nice warming. It's not not warm enough yet. I'd like at least two more degrees Celsius as an average over the temperature. Then the crops can start really dying and they don't get real warm. Yeah, totally it's scary. Um, oh, are, so are you a, a healthcare for all person? Do you support that position? You mentioned De Blasio. Um, yeah, I think if we can figure it out, you know what I mean. I'm obviously not an expert, but if we can figure out how to do it, I mean we we give the military $700 billion a year. Ooh. So like, you know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. a lot of money. So if, you know, if it costs $50 billion relative to the 700 billion that we give the, the military doesn't sound like that much. Mm -hmm. And like, if I break my arm and I don't have health insurance, I'm like, I'm fucked. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I don't have health insurance. So I, Try not to break my arm. So I don't really uh, take too many physical risks because it's just mm -hmm. not worth it. Yeah, I think people are worried about like wait times and, and not getting good care. And people don't realize you can buy additional insurance if you're rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have there be a baseline insurance for, right. for poor people like me. Right. And also like it's pretty great when – you know, you need a hip replaced and you have to wait four months. That sucks. But then you get a call and it's free. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Rather than going in like $50,000 in debt. Yeah. Make you procrastinate less about stuff that is wrong with you. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's true. It really hurts instead of waiting like yeah. five years and doing nothing about it. Same with like dental work. You know what I mean? Like if you oh, start yeah. to get a hole in your teeth. I'm like, ah, like, I'll just wait. And then 10 years goes by and you're like, ah, shit. Yeah, totally. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and if, if the doctor's visits are fucking free, of course you're going to go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good system. I think also people are worried that if, if, um, if everyone in the healthcare industry is making less profit, their pro if their profit margins get slimmer, it's going to make the competition, like it's going to make people less likely to want to innovate. And I just don't think that's true because um, in other countries, they, the, the healthcare has lower profit margins and it doesn't, it doesn't dissuade people from innovating, you know, they still yeah, innovate even all, if their profit margins we're are less. Human. We're all human and we're all getting sick. So like it benefits all of us to, to mm -hmm. research and with new cures and new medicines like i feel like healthcare isn't something that should be for profit in the way that it is because mm -hmm. we're all dying slowly and we're all dying slowly in different ways so let's try to figure out like bill gates is like tackling the five major diseases right now like mm -hmm. whatever they are i know malaria is one of them like yeah let's do that like let's get rid of diseases right. one by one and let's mm -hmm. you know the faster we do that the longer we can live healthy because if you make it to 70 and then you get real sick and you live for another 20 years and you're ill the entire time. Like, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's difficult determining what is a right quote unquote, and what's a privilege and is healthcare yeah. a right. But I think if you have enough resources to supply everybody at that point, it, it can be considered a right and it, it's considered something worth pursuing for everybody whether that's like electricity or plumbing or healthcare or education, you know? Yeah. I also feel like, um, gardening should become a bigger part of, uh, education to mm -hmm. in some extent. Cause I mean, if you're a poor family and you've been taught how to garden well, 
your kids have been taught in school just like like art class or like you know ceramics or computer class and like gardening mm-hmm. class like learn how to grow food instead of buying it so then you don't have to eat mcdonald's you know what i mean you can buy some kind you know like one main thing and then grow your tomatoes grow your cucumbers grow your yeah. lettuce and your spinach that's because so tomatoes are expensive you know what i mean tomatoes are like mm-hmm. if you get four big tomatoes it's like five mm-hmm. bucks so true and you could teach kids um how to plant on a windowsill um Mm -hmm. if you picture like the city of denver where there's probably i don't know fifty thousand, a hundred thousand people living in apartments or in in units like mine if fifty thousand people had a little a little row of plants and greenery i think the carbon footprint that times fifty thousand would be good and then you could teach kids to like hydroponic grow in their house like tomatoes and herbs and stuff you could save, you know, yeah. 20 bucks a week or whatever, but it's just, and then it's something fun. And then you're like, it's a skill. Like you, kids have to stay on schedule and it's like, you know, anything else that they're, they're perfecting. Um, and then some kids might get turned on to the idea of like botany as a, a place to go into professionally when they're older. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I wish I had that in school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, my mom used to grow stuff. We'd grow tomatoes and watermelons and uh, tried pumpkins one year, I think. And that was just a part, like, I wasn't really, I feel like when you're growing up, your parents are just doing stuff and you're not paying attention because you're a kid. So your parents (laughs) are just doing all this stuff and stuff is happening. And like, it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know know what they do during the day. Cool. I don't really think about it. (laughs) Yeah. The parents are just doing stuff. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know what the fuck they do. Yeah. You're just doing stuff and like, yeah, they're doing something because, like, you know, the lights are on and, hey, we just got a new TV and somebody mowed the lawn. I don't know. Right. Yeah, totally. There'd be, like, people coming through our house for, like, to fix something or to clean something. And I'm like, well, who are you? Like, oh, I guess this was arranged somehow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just never really think about your parents as, like, human beings like you. They're just, like, parents. You know what I mean? And that's the way it is. That's funny. There's everybody else and there's your, your, your parent. Did you ever, uh, like, steal liquor from the liquor cabinet from your parents as a kid? Um, no, I got accused of it. Um, but <laughs> my, uh, one, my best friend uh, growing up would have, like, parties at her house all the time, and her parents just didn't care. Like what we Rachel? Did, and they just had huge. Um, no, no, my, uh, my one friend, Leslie. Uh, she would just have big parties at her house and they just had like tons of liquor there. So we would just drink like it was just like a party house, basically. Dope. Did I get that right? Was Rachel one of your friends? Oh, Rachel Rovner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She lives in uh, California. Yeah. Yeah, she was the best. <laughs> yeah, she was uh, Jennifer Lawrence's uh, assistant for a little while. For like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Funny. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, so okay, so you had the friend connect. That's nice. Were they epic? Were they big parties? Did you? Oh, sorry if I missed that. Um, I mean, the biggest they ever got was maybe like twenty people, but it was all like our. It was just our group of friends that would party there. <clears throat> I got gotcha. you. Like like a, a core group of like you know five to ten people, and then like a rotating mm-hmm. group of like maybe ten more people. Mm-hmm. Did but you guys had- have ragers in high school? Uh, I mean, kind of. She had like a big pool and a, a, a wa- extended walkway up that led to like a hot tub, and that went into like the the upper like bedrooms. And 
they had this huge basement that was like half of it was themed like a 50s diner and there was a booth um and a jukebox and a big pool table and like a bar down there huge tv um and then there like the main area of the house was like this huge like big like ceilings and Mm. just like open concept super nice just big property so it was a nice place to party at i just had this memory for the first time in so long i haven't thought of this a lot of my friends whose parents were immigrants that's where those are the houses that we would smoke weed and drink at more often than not yeah because even over there what's that it's like less uh stigmatized in other countries i think so i never thought of it until just now i think you're right yeah less stigmatized so it's yeah. like ah so you're smoking like, a little weed you're 16 like you're smoking like a little weed yeah because in the u.s the with the war on, the war on drugs and like we're kind of conservative here. It's like, oh, you cannot have your kids do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. And then we thought they were clueless, though. Like, some of them, I, I don't know, We th- my friend John Zemmel, whose parents were from Israel, like, they'd be like, Jonathan, like, your grass came and, like, you guys are tracking dirt inside. And he would, like, pick up a nugget of weed and throw it outside. And um, <laughs> so we, like, we were thinking like maybe they're just that clueless. Like who the fuck knows what happened in Israel in the sixties, but it was weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess they just, they were chill with it. But um, God, those were the days. Yeah. We had some ragers in, in high school. We would have some parties, like 60, 70 people. Um, we would have some uh, field parties. We like, we didn't, we grew up in dense suburbs. So we like, I've heard field parties are normal in parts of the country, but we were able to sneak into a couple open fields and just have like ragers for a couple hours before the cops came. So yeah, fun. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little, uh, more of an inside boy. I still am like an inside boy. I'd You're an inside play. cat. Yeah. I like being an inside cat. It's I like all my stuff's here. Like all of human evolution for the last, however many tens of millions of years we've been outside trying to get inside. We're finally inside. Everyone's like, Hey, you guys want to go outside? You guys want to get out there? Dude, I feel that like, way every, uh, every time Eve and I are camping. It's like, real, like, hey, let's, you want to not shower and like sleep on the dirt floor and like eat shit for three days, <laughs> like, and squat outside for the bathroom? Like, yeah, sounds awesome. Like, this is only, only in, in America, only in a super developed country in a very privileged situation would you opt to do that, you know? It's it's absurd how uh, advanced and like comfortable our society is. Pretty crazy, dude. So comfortable. Oh my, are, are, my dad. Are you the phone in your hand. I'm gonna do that. Hey. Uh, my my dad got Alexa <laughs> recently, Ooh. and he's such a funny old man because he forgot halfway through our conversation he forgot her name was Alexa and he started calling her Alexis. <laughs> he started going, Alexis, play Billy Joel. And it was he's like, it's not working. It's broken. Not my name. And I'm, like, and I'm yelling. I'm like, Dad, it's Alexa. But his, the phone's down. And he's now yelling at Alexis. <laughs> and it was so it was so old man. It took like three finally gets back on the road and goes, I think it's broken. I'm like, no, Dad. You had her name wrong. <laughs> so that's it was, not it was my name. Funny. But you're right. So much comfort. It's like a personal assistant he has now. Um, but, 
it's comfort, you know, for, for the privileged class. Like we are, life is so comfortable and it's like, man, people are still fucking starving. Like, what are we doing? What am I doing with this dope Bluetooth speaker that fucking rocks bangers and is waterproof when like people don't have fucking food? What am I doing? What are we doing? Do you think that the, the names of these personal assistants are changing the naming landscape of our babies? Like you can't name your baby Alexa now. You can't, you can't name your kid Bixby. Steery. <laughs> Wait, Bigsby's a thing? Bixby is um is that the Blackberry one? No, I forget. Um, I don't know, but yeah, you're right. You cannot name your kid Alexa now. No. And my friend's girl, girlfriend is Alexa. Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, that's be weird. Yeah, that Alexa, it's give me a to you to be an Apple customer. Um <laughs> I thought you meant like there'd be a wave of Alexa babies. I'm like, that'd be weird. <laughs> Alexa, change your own diaper. God damn it. Um, it's funny on 30 Rock, I was I just remember this Alec Baldwin's character had uh, uh you're messing with the camera. You're zooming. <laughs> um Alec Baldwin. Remember, this is a podcast. I don't know if people can see the visual elements of our, oh, that's our just more from my own There's a lot of chest hair coming at me right now. <laughs> Um, anyway, Alec Baldwin in 30 Rock had the idea of like, I got it. Like the TV will be voice activated, a voice activated TV. And he, he didn't, the joke was like, he would start talking in conversation and the TV would start doing commands based on what he was saying, but he wasn't trying to do commands. He didn't think of having a prompt like Alexa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great show. That's my favorite Tina Fey uh, uh, vehicle. For sure. I've actually, I've never really watched it. I've seen like short clips, but I've never actually like sat down and watched the show. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, dude. Um, yeah, it's really, it's funny. It's really fast paced, but it's not so frantic as Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is just like, a cocaine rush of like content and and so it's fun but it's just like i think that's like the end it's like naked city for for comedy uh, yeah, yeah. Are you, you're, you're not really a cartoon guy right well no i love big mouth and i loved i used to love the simpsons mm-hmm. um so i'm still into i'm still into animated stuff um yeah i can get down okay I'm a huge Bob's Burgers yeah. guy. I don't watch that. That's my favorite. Bob's B- oh yeah, I know. I see you quoting Bob's Burgers on. Uh, I see you quoting Bob's Burgers sometimes, and that's a good one. I I loved like the first two seasons were really I loved. Oh, so um, funny! You yeah, had first two were so good. you had a hilarious quote on Facebook, and it was, uh, "Why does Ross, being the biggest friend, not eat the four smaller friends? <laughs> eat all the <laughs> other friends." <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> why does Ross, the largest friend, not eat the, the five smaller ones or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like such a funny observation because, like, I'm reading it, I'm reading, like, why does Ross? And I think, I think you're gonna go into like a take, you know, you're watching old friends episode, you have a funny take you never thought of. Ross being the largest friend, I'm like, okay, where is he going? This not eat the. <laughs> it, it kind of snapped. I'm like, that's fucking that's hilarious. It was well, great that's reveal. From, from Futurama. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got um, it. Once I finished reading it, I knew yeah, where yeah, yeah. the voice came into my head of that, yeah. that dude. Blur. 
yeah from omicron percy i8 yeah it is true what they say men are from omicron percy i6 and women are from omicron percy i9 it's such a great show it's it's such a great show yeah futurama is amazing i also thought the way that show ended the series finale was genius i don't know if you ever saw that I don't know if I did. When it when it came back after being canceled, I didn't think it was as good. There were some great episodes, but as a whole, I think that the first run of it was more like groundbreaking. But maybe that's because that was the first run of it. Well, the first run of it was that's a we were I think we may have talked about this on a previous episode about how I think musician like I used to think that uh they were better when they were younger. Their first album was better. I used to think that was nostalgic thinking, but now I think it's actually the artist was at their creative peak when those early albums were made whether it was dave matthews band or green day or or whoever because you're they were young and they had like young organisms have more of a stress response they have more of like this life force inside of them yeah and so you're you're young you have a lot of energy and everything's kind of new and fresh and also um you don't have like money and and so the world is like much more of an intense experience Mm -hmm. Um, you have less wisdom and so like you come out with this like incredible creative shit and then as you get older it might become more refined and more introspective and more maybe might be more interesting to the artist but like and more self-realized but it's maybe less good (laughs) anyway um as it pertains to the futurama thing i think yeah the first couple seasons were the best because i think early stuff is is usually the best but also it was like they had a natural storylines. They had tons of ideas. Um, the last season of Futurama, I remember each episode, they would go into exploring weird, um, weird science fiction ideas and philosophical ideas, which they did throughout the series. But mm-hmm. it was it was different at the end. But the last episode is weird, where like the two main characters um, who are in love um, go, experiment with this time machine where they can only go like into the future. And um, it's really bizarre and like, it's this beautiful love story and it ties everything to get ties, really ties the room together, dude. Um, It's a really good ending, but anyway, who gives a fuck because it's only one episode of many and you don't watch TV shows for the end. You know, you watch them for the process. Yeah, true. That's why I love tool because they released lateralis. Mm -hmm. They had been a band for like 10 years. Wow. Nice. Yeah, in like 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. They were like a professional athlete. Like they hit their peak kind of in their late 20, like 20, 10 years in. It's like a LeBron James situation. Yeah, and a perfect circle, yeah. which is the same singer, uh, released mm-hmm. their first and the only real album that I really like by them around the same time, like 2001, I think. So that was mm-hmm. a good year. I was 14. It was a very good year. 2014. Well, I anyway, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I was saying, singing like that. <laughs> you do what you feel is right, sir. I will do what I feel is right. Um, I will do what I feel is right. Not always. Not if there's a hundred million dollars on the line. Yeah. We've proven that yeah. tonight. You see, Kanye West is going on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Oh, I really don't. I. I I, I, I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for you. you oh, well, I don't really care about Kanye West. So. <laughs> no, he's crazy. Yeah, he's. I'm sure it'll be interesting. I'll, I'm sure I'll listen to clips of it. You know what? What um, Joe Rogan said that was interested about Kanye West was that 
he really went crazy after that car accident that he was in and after his mom died, but that was after the car accident. And he said, I've seen a lot of people who have gotten into really serious accidents and because of the head trauma, it turns them into a completely different person. Um, right. But didn't he get in a car accident before college dropout, like before his awesome debut album? Um, yeah. Yeah. He released He's that song crazy for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was what like triggered in his head him to be a better creative person, but also made him go crazy. Yeah. That is totally, that is totally possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an interesting, uh, interesting take that I hadn't thought about. Mm. Um, well, that was the, have you heard that for OJ Simpson? That's the OJ Simpson uh, hot take is that he, his head was so big. His head was famously big that they had to take out all the football stuffing out of his helmet and um, or the protective padding they had to take out of his football helmet. So he was like running around with this like plastic shell and like bashing his skull into other men. Um, Yeah. And like, God, that could totally be CTE just like fucking murdering people. So maybe he didn't remember or like he only remembered parts of it. Who knows? Yeah. And, uh, the, the people versus OJ Simpson is a great TV show. I really liked it on Netflix, but, and, and I, from, from that I've gleaned that like OJ was a bad husband and just like kind of shitty. Was uh, that the one? Possibly very shitty. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So he was probably a shitty husband and like possibly abusive and there's no excuse for being a murderer or being abusive, but like, man could definitely could have been CTE. Yeah, I mean, they, they tested a whole bunch of – I think we've talked about this. They tested a whole bunch of football players, and, like, 99 out of 100 of them tested positive for signs of CTE on their brain. Yeah, I, um, I was – I'm worried about that. Like, I, I've got – I had so many concussions in high school. And it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure my brain's fucked up. Yeah. I'm so uh, glad I, like, didn't play college. <laughs> yeah. And think about all the kids that, that – play sports that require them to get fucking lit up you know mm-hmm. what i mean all the martial arts and football and rugby and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. fuck up and there's just no way around it yeah i was recently thinking about how professional athletes like professional football players how they view themselves these days and um how it's changed in like the 30 or 40 years like back in the day they didn't get paid a lot and they weren't celebrities and then they became celebrities and got paid a lot. And now like they're celebrities and they're paid a lot. And they, they're like, they're Adonises, like they're gods. Like they're in these, this insane physical shape. Um, but at the same time, like them and everybody who watches them and everyone, who everyone on earth knows that like, you're like bashing your, like you're, you're ruining your bodies but you're also like these gods and like they're, I don't know. I, it must be just an, a weird self image to be like yeah. a professional football player these days. There's definitely a price to pay, but I mean, all the, the reason why all, all that stuff got so popular is because once they stopped segregating sports and white people realized that, wow, black people are way better athletes than us. And it makes the games way more exciting and interesting. <sighs> you know what I mean? And then, and yeah. then these, these guys who were just physically gifted, you know what I mean? Like a LeBron James who's fucking like seven feet tall. Like, yeah, he's probably, probably going to play sports, <laughs> you know? Um, and then they just start focusing in and just 
every day training for this one purpose to be good at the sport, people are going to get so good and the bar is going to be set so high and the money is going to be so high and the people are going to be gambling on it, which is why everything is, you know, so crazy with it. But, uh, yeah. Well, we had a little bit of technical difficulties there to finish up our pod. So just going to wish everyone a great week, I suppose. We'll be back soon with more Unnecessary Podcasts. But anyway, thanks for listening. See y'all soon.